Well, hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Ghost Smudge Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Jen Green, and here we like to learn about reconciliation, land back, and how to be a good ally to Indigenous peoples. We also like to shit on Trudeau, so if that sounds like fun to you, hit subscribe so you can join me every Monday for a new episode. Ghost Much Yourself is an independently written and produced podcast that brings you weekly decolonial education, often featuring Indigenous guest hosts from across Turtle Island. And when I say independent, I mean me. So if you want to show me some love here, there are two ways you can support this land back podcast. First, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give Ghost Much Yourself a positive review. It's free to do, but it really helps out the podcast to reach more people. Second, If you're looking for something a little more involved, I actually have a Buy Me A Coffee account, which is kind of like a Patreon account, where you can choose to donate monetarily to keep me caffeinated. There are options for both one-time donations and options for monthly or yearly memberships that offer perks, including access to our monthly decolonial virtual hangout. You can find me at buymeacoffee.com forward slash smudge yourself. That's without the go. The name was too long, apparently, and we'll have to take that up with Buy Me A Coffee. I'll be sure to pop the link in the show notes. Whichever you decide to do, or even if you're just sharing this podcast with a friend to spread the word, merci, mede, thank you, and let's get this party started. Hello, fellow aunties and uncles. Welcome back to episode two of the Ghost Mind Yourself podcast. So I don't know how many of you guys are following Indigenous Instagram or Indigenous TikTok, but there's this hashtag going around called hashtag decolonize for your bookshelf. I'm all for it. You cannot be well read if your bookshelf is comprised of white authors. Okay. Further, how many bookshelves are only comprised of white male authors? We're not here for it. We're not here for it, okay? So right now, I have a list of just five simple short list, five books that I recommend for decolonizing your bookshelf. Four of them are Indigenous authors. One of them is a Black author. Now, this is by no means an exhaustive list. I mean, it's five books, so like, it could hardly be an exhaustive list. I have so many book recommendations. So this is just a starter. This is just part one. They're hardly my top five, although there are a couple books on this list that I do recommend to like everybody. So I may make up that one too, though. Um, But yeah, everybody should leave here with at least one book that they want to read. There are beginner levels all the way up to academic. So let's just jump right in. I do also want to note before we jump in that yes, I am bipostal, but currently this episode in particular is being produced on the traditional ancestral land of the Ta'an Kwachung Council and the Kwamundan First Nations. So thank you guys for hosting me. All right, book number one, we're just gonna, we're gonna start with the big baddie. We're gonna get it out of the way. This one is called Red Skin, White Masks, Rejecting the Colonial Politics of Recognition by Glenn Sean Coulthard. Now, This one is an academic read. I have so many post-its and annotations in this book. It was a required reading for me in a class on uh, power dynamics um, that I took last semester. So, you know, make of that what you will. This This is not the book for everybody. 
Um, but I keep it by my bedside. Like that sounds so weird, but it's incredible. It's, it's honestly incredible. And it, it has taken me a couple of reads because the writing in it is very academic. Coltard is just like that from what I've heard. My, my teacher who taught the class on power dynamics, she is a friend of his and she said that he speaks like that. Fair warning for anybody who wants to pick this book up, read it slowly, digest it, reread it, take your time. But this book is incredible. And I don't want to scare people. Like, I wish that you could see this. I have so many little bookmarks and post-its. I loved it. I really loved it. So, I mean, not only does he dissect, like, Karl Marx's theory of primitive accumulation and how it applies to Indigenous people. Again, I'm not trying to scare you. Just bear with me, okay, guys? He dissects primitive accumulation, how it applies to Indigenous peoples, how capitalism was used against us, all that jazz. He dissects that, but he goes, he goes further and he goes into detail about how recognition from the colonial system that disenfranchises indigenous people and, and people of color, you know, black people and people of color, isn't the answer to our problem. Uh, hence the book title, Rejecting the Colonial Politics of Recognition. So basically, we're in this system of colonialism. We can't get out. Everybody is out here like trying to gain recognition, the gain validation from the dominant culture. And he's saying, no, we shouldn't be doing that. That's not what's working. That's not what's going to work. Um, instead, he's promoting self-recognition, traditional sovereignty, and traditional sovereignty. And he does that by examining social movements through history, like Red Power and Idle No More, and why these movements keep repeating over and over. Like, it's amazing. So, it's a, like I said, it's a bit more of an academic read, but for my heavy readers out there, or eager learners, or just people who like love political theory, they want to delve deep, this is so worth it. It's so worth it. He breaks down things like how uh, Native women have been disenfranchised, and how their struggle for recognition has been pushed aside in the name of egalitarianism in uh, native communities when that's never been traditional like oh it's so good it's so good so just if you're feeling if you're feeling up for like an academic read go slow with it be patient with yourself it's amazing i'm, I'm serious it's amazing book number two so this one is called calling my spirit back by elaine alec now, Elaine, I'm so, so sorry. I'm going to try to pronounce these right. Elaine is Sequimic. No, Sequimic. <laughs> and Silk, yes, First Nations. Um, and she's a part of the Penticton Indian Band. And again, I'm so sorry if I pronounced those incorrectly. My, uh, <laughs> my tongue has been colonized. <laughs> I'm not that great uh, at pronouncing indigenous names anymore, so bear with me, I apologize. Uh, but this book is a book detailing Elaine's trauma and her healing through ceremony. Um, okay, so first of all, this book packs so much love, so much pain, and shows the healing process like layer by layer as Elaine opens up about intergenerational trauma. I would say that this book is a staple read 
for anyone who's looking to get into or to get an understanding for how trauma affects Indigenous communities, like intergenerational trauma. Um, it's not graphic. So I know a lot of people are intimidated by reading, you know, books about like residential school and things like that. If you're if you're new to reading Indigenous books, um, more like autobiographical or, um, you know, like personal stories and stuff like that. There are a lot of really good books out there, but some of them are so heavy and a lot of people are very intimidated by them. And as, as you know, as we all should be, because there's a lot of trauma in Indigenous communities. Um, but this book is not graphic. So if you're a highly sensitive person, I still think that you need to p pick this book up. Give it a go. Elaine is actually also available as an educator. She teaches workshops for how to cultivate safe spaces uh, by booking. Like she's a, she's a busy lady, guys. She's amazing. Um, I actually began working with her last month to produce a semi-monthly newsletter. Um, I'll put the link for that in the show notes to sign up. And that launches on the 15th. So that's not out yet, but it's coming out soon. And our goal is to produce a newsletter with things like book recommendations, uh, workshop info for the cultivating safe spaces, um, indigenous knowledge and stories, artist features, stuff like that. Like zero spam, guys. Like spam is for sandwiches. We, we're not going to spam you. I am helping to write it. So if you like my writing, you will, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And plus, like, Elaine's amazing. She would never endorse spam. So check that out. Link in the, in the show notes. But anyway, back to the book. Elaine uses this book to speak about the power of ceremony and how Indigenous peoples still possess this power and medicine to heal. And she weaves stories and Indigenous knowledge throughout this book. It's, it's such a beautiful read. And it's, it's an easy, I don't want to say it's easy to read, like, because when I say it's easy to read, it sounds like I'm dismissing the trauma in it. Um, but it's easy to read in a sense that, like, you pick it up and you don't want to put it down. So it just, it flows so nice, you know flows and you just you you want to keep reading it so it's easy to read in that sense it's just it's a beautiful read um if you're scared to pick up really heavy autobiographical books or storybooks that discuss trauma like i said this is like start here because elaine takes such good care of your spirit when when you're when you're reading this and as she talks about her trauma and she does an amazing job of not transferring the hurt too much onto the reader and if you're I mean if you're an empathetic person then of course it's going to be painful to read about trauma and intergenerational trauma and this book is no different like you know there were parts of this book where I was teary and like where I was really upset as as one should be but she takes care of you so I would say if you are new to these stories if you want to learn more about intergenerational trauma in indigenous communities this is a great place to start. It explains a lot. It talks about indigenous knowledge a lot, um, indigenous stories a lot. There's tradition in it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I love Elaine. <laughs> I do. I, lo I do. I love Elaine. Um, but I love this book too. So that's my second book recommendation. Okay. Book number three. Okay. All right. This is the book that I recommend to everybody. All right. So like if if I've got like friends listening right now, you're all you can probably guess what book this is. This is Indigenous Rights by Chelsea Vowell. And when I say Indigenous Rights, it's W R 
I-T-E-S. Little play on words there. Chelsea Vowell. So she's Métis. And uh, she is a badass. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Did I? I don't even... I don't think I, I mentioned Glenn. Okay, so dialing back, Glenn... Sean Coltard, he's a Yellow Knives Dene. So I, I, I talked about uh, Elaine already um, being Sequimic and Silk um, and part of the Penticton Indian Band. I just wanted to clarify also Glenn Sean Coltard, Yellow Knives Dene. We gotta tell people's relations. Sorry. Okay, so Chelsea is Metis and she's a badass and it comes across in her writing. And I always 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 recommend that people start with this book if you are new to indigenous rights if you're new to um, decolonization land back anything like that if you don't know much about any of this movement nothing because again like i said let's be serious the canadian government canadian education system they have done an incredible job of getting rid of indigenous history of getting rid of settler indigenous relations throughout history right so if if you're one of those people and trust me there are so many there's no shame in being one of those people if you are one of those people where you don't know much pick up this book i've recommended this book to so many people i love it because it's a very easy read it's crass it's super fun to read like her writing style it's like <laughs> there's no other word to describe it it's so crass it's sarcastic it's amazing um and she provides so many resources so when i like when i recommend like five books one of these books comes with like you know like 50 other resources with it at least at, at the very least and something that i love about her is that she says it exactly how it is like there's no sugar coating it although how what i will say is again she's not graphic so like you're not going to be reading this this book and it's going to be like inappropriate to be like at any time of day kind of thing like you can read it before bed all that stuff if you want a primer on why indigenous peoples are suffering and still pissed off this book will lay it out and stare you down and if you push back it will point to the long list of references at the end of each chapter yes each chapter not just at the end of the book, each chapter has a crap load of references and resources. It's amazing. Like, I, it's so amazing. I love it so much. I have two copies. I, actually, I only have one copy now because I gifted my brother one because I loved it so much. So Chelsea Vowell, Indigenous Rights. It's incredible. I, I love it. It's, again... I don't want to use the word entry level because it's like or words entry level. It's not necessarily entry level. I want to say it's the perfect primer. It's the perfect primer. Start there. And the next book, number four, is called Warrior Life. It's very similar. That's why I'm saying and. <laughs> it's called Warrior Life, Indigenous Resistance and Resurgence by Pamela Palmiter. Now... Just as a quick aside, I haven't even finished reading this book, and I already know I have to recommend it. Um, I'll get to that in just a second. Pamela is Mi'kmaq, 
I'm going to get that out of the way because I don't want her to forget that again. She's Mi'kmaq. We have to identify her, give her credit for her relations. Now, like I said, I'm only halfway through and I already know I can't leave this book out. This book has a similar structure to Indigenous rights, um, but it's got a more focused lens on specific legislation and cases. Pamela wears many hats. I'd say lawyer, well, lawyer is one of them. As is Chelsea Vowell, by the way. They're both lawyers. But like more decolonial here, so those titles aren't our focus of knowledge, authenticity, or validity. Like we don't judge people like that. Like your knowledge is valid, okay? All right. Now that we got that out of the way, I only bring it up because both Chelsea and Pamela's books reference legislation and cases and break down like what it means better than I can. Anyway, um, hence hence these book recommendations. Now, something that I love is that Pamela shits on Trudeau. <laughs> she understands his snake behavior and I love it. <laughs> she calls out his broken campaign promises and I just sit there like those like ca uh, cafe what are the, the the poem snaps you know like in the you you get what i mean the, the clean water disputes she calls it out corrupt legal system she calls it out like this book is an absolute must and i haven't even finished it yet so like i i can't give you like a full full breakdown of it i'm about halfway through but i already know i can't leave it out so yeah like i said very much like uh Chelsea Vowell's layout, it, it's broken up into different sections and it focuses really heavy on legislation and stuff like that. So if you want to pick it up <laughs> with my snail pace, maybe we'll probably finish it at the same time. Okay, and the last one is Power of Privilege, How White People Can Challenge Racism by June Sarpong. I hope I'm saying that right. June Sarpong. Um, so she's our black author that I was speaking about earlier. So we have four indigenous authors and then one black author. This book is awesome. It's a short read, like doable in a day, two, if you're slow like me. June does an amazing job of just like briefly outlining the, the black experience and also somehow providing a, like a, a synopsis of like, how powerful white privilege is and how it can be leveraged properly like in this tiny little book it's it's amazing her approach is really interesting though because she's she leans like really anti-antagonistic in in her approach which is so much more optimistic than i'm used to seeing in this like anti-racist sphere and i i don't really quite know what to think of it if i'm being honest because like on, on one end, it seems like overly optimistic and almost pandery. But then on the other end, when I read it, I'm kind of like, hmm, it's, it's almost really, really smart because, you know, like this idea of um, not pandering, but like coaxing, like gently coaxing people into the movement. You're, what do they say? You're going to catch more flies with honey than vinegar, I think is the saying. So I think she's a, I think she's got a strategy here. I know she's got a strategy here. But the main part of the book is like her 10 actionable steps for how white people can use their privilege for anti-racism. And it's great. It's, it's amazing. She's literally got like a 10, a, a list of 10 calls to action. 
And this book actually inspired me to write down my own seven calls to action for how to be a better ally to Indigenous peoples. And that infographic and podcast both release on August 23rd. So be sure to subscribe and get your butt back here for that. It also features an ally guest who I want to spotlight because she really gets what allyship is all about. I figured there are so many people out there who want to help but are scared to do it wrong. So we're just going to sit down and chat about like tactics and how to use privilege for good um, and plus when to just be silent. So that's Monday, August 23rd. Anyway, back to the book. Um, so this book I've already recommended to several people. I've already lent my copy out. Uh, it's a fast read. I, I still haven't got that copy back, by the way. So like, you know, Lori, if you're done reading it, can I have that book back? Um, I have a lot of annotations. Like when I read, I'm an active reader. So I try to like annotate and highlight and take notes for like when I'm writing and stuff and, you know, like things to, to reference back and to quote and things. So <laughs> I like my books. <laughs> anyway, it's a fast read. It leaves you feeling like you can do something. So that's why I'm, I, you know, I was initially just before this, I was initially like, what an interesting approach, June. But now I'm like, you know what, actually the, again, I don't want to use the word pandering, but the, the gentle approach, I guess like she, there's something to it. You leave the book feeling like you can do something. And that's something that so many people struggle with and ultimately just don't even try because of. But the fact is we all need to contribute to changing the system and the biggest change will only come from people who hold the most power, which is white people. Like we all know that by now, right? We know that. Plus this book is only like $10. So there's literally like no, no excuse. It's like a $10 book, one, one day read. You're going to pick up so many amazing skills. It's, oh, it's so good. It's such a good book. I love it. I love it. It's like, I wish I could give it infinity chef's kisses. It's so good. So good. Anyway, those are my five recommendations for decolonial and anti-racist books for the hashtag decolonize your bookshelf. Challenge? Are we making this a challenge? <laughs> I don't, maybe let's make it a challenge. Can we? Let's, let's just do that. Remember, this is just part one of the decolonize your bookshelf now challenge. I've decided it's a challenge. And there are so many more books coming your way because I have, like, honestly, I have, I feel like it's the only type of book that I buy now. I'm, I'm, I'm down a rabbit hole, guys. Like my book collection, it's, it's amazing. I love it. It's so good. Chapters, Max Fireweed, Coles, like I keep you guys in business. If you guys have a book recommendation for me, be sure to head on over to my most recent Instagram post and leave that recommendation in the comments. Of course, the link to my Instagram is in the show notes, as well as links to all these books. And no, they're not affiliate links. If possible, try to buy them locally to support your local bookstores, okay? I got Calling My Spirit Back from Max Fireweed. Hello, yes, to my Yukon listeners. I'm currently in the Yukon right now as I'm as I'm recording this. Um, hi. <laughs> I got calling my spirit back from Max Fireweed and honestly like nowhere else had it aside from Max Fireweed. It was ridiculous but 
Like I said, shop local. Try, try not to do Amazon if you can, okay? Support local bookstores. Support local bookstores. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, that's all I have for you today. And if you made it this far, remember to take care of your heart, mind, body, and spirit. Decolonizing yourself and the world is tough, but I see you out there working. Masi, Meru, thank you so much for your time. Now, go smudge yourself. Okay, bye!